culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. Or if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you have snagged some fizzy housewives-inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Today, I've got out, inspired by today's guest, today I've got out, I'm ready to mention it all, inspired by Real Housewives of New York. We also have cans inspired by Beverly Hills, New Jersey, and Atlanta. And if you haven't done so yet, this is your last chance to get the Drag Me cans inspired by Real Housewives of Potomac. Go to nofilterwine.com right now. That's nofilterwine.com. Come. Today's guest is a true blast from the past. You may remember her from The Real Housewives of New York. She went from holding an apple to giving out O shots for your V spot. Please welcome Cindy Barship. Thank you. That was the best introduction I've ever had. <laughs> How are you, Cindy? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat with you because I've been reading uh, Dave Quinn's Not All Diamonds and Rosé book. And so it was fun to kind of we have book club every week. So last week was the part about New York. So we dived into all of the history of Real Housewives of New York. This week we're doing Atlanta. But um, it's it's fun going down that trip down memory lane. Sure is for a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) So was it fun for you to revisit that? Were you skeptical about being interviewed for the book? No, no, I don't really hold back with a lot of things. Um, Dave's great. He came. It was a while ago, like two years ago. I think he started it. But um, no, it was fun to kind of tell your little piece of it, which I haven't read yet, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you we're on Real Housewives of Atlanta, or sorry, New, New York, um, which was back in season four. Were you gunning for a spot on the show, like as an opportunity to promote your business? Had you been familiar with the franchise prior or how did the opportunity come about? The opportunity was just like, it was a whirlwind. It was so quick because um, what happened was I owned Completely Bare, which is a chain of spas. 
And we had a lot of press in those days and we were launching a product line. And basically um, I went on the Regis and Kelly, that's how old I am, Regis and Kelly show. And I was like, hi. And then I was friendly with Kamara Lily Simmons who had a reality show at the time too, Bootylicious. And I just went on as a friend. And the net of the whole thing, I was like, huh, everybody's going to talk about, you know, uh, Regis and Kelly. And everybody was talking about the reality show, Beauty, Booty Lich. I was like, what? So I went to my publicist. I was like, what's the biggest show? And they were like, the Jersey Shore. Mm. I was like, that's not happening. Ah. And then they said the Real Housewives. And I was like, perfect, I'll do it. They're like, hold back. You can't just say you'll do it. But, you know, the stars aligned. It was pretty quick for me. Um and yeah, I got it very quickly. So how familiar with the show? Had you heard of it? Had you heard of the other women just socially in New York? Or you were totally, this was totally foreign to you? My brother actually um, knew Ramona through somebody or his girlfriend knew Ramona. It was, you know, it was just like, I knew who they were. I didn't know about the housewives. I've never seen it before, which hindsight, you know, you should always prep before you do something. <laughs> Lesson learned, ladies. <laughs> so were you familiar with Bethany at all? Because I feel like they brought you in right after Bethany left, which right, were some big to shoes place. to fill. Yeah. Right. I was supposed to, I knew Bethany. Bethany, I did know. Um, we went to di- dinner a couple of times, but I didn't follow her. So no, I had no idea. I just knew she was very quick-witted and, you know, on it, downtown girl. And I was like, okay, I could do this. And so what was your interpretation once you or your impression once you jumped into the mix and started filming and saw how crazy some of these ladies can get? Well, I think it's different now when I started, you know, there was there's no prep for it. There's and I think most people in these days now, everybody knows who the real housewives were, even though it was such a large franchise when I did it and popular. I didn't know. So there was no prep for me. So like I was like thrown into like a lion's den. I felt like I was. Honestly, I was like that kid who gets bullied at school, which is horrible feeling. I never had that. Like, you know, I meet people, I express my feelings. We have a conversation. I walked in and everybody knew somebody's getting fired and they wanted no part of me. It was like, I'd literally sit in a room and you feel like an outcast. If I went for breakfast, like in Morocco, I was like, oh, like I dread it because nobody would speak with me. Do you think that it was intentional because they thought that you were coming in to replace Bethany or like, what do you think was their read on you? I think it's insecurities uh, for most of the part, like an insecurity, you know, you look at Beverly Hills, they're always like encompassing the other woman and understanding their life. And it expands the story, you know, Ramona and, you know, they just want to put you in a place and it's, that is, that's not even reality of, New York City. That's not how it works. Just because your last name is Morgan doesn't give you, you know, this high society. I mean, that's completely how New York City does. It does not flow that way. So do you feel like you were given a fair chance overall? Because I feel like we see so many housewives, they come in and then they leave the show and they're like, oh, well, it was just a bad edit. They didn't show enough of me or, you know, you don't think you had a fair edit. Or a fair, I, I a fair chance. I had a fair edit. I had a fair edit. I just didn't have an even ground playing field. My fault too, though, you know, in hindsight, my fault too. So I didn't realize it was going to be like that. I thought it was going to meet a couple of women. We're going to have our like issues, our conversation. I didn't think I was going to be ostracized and not talked to. Would you have liked to have done it for another season? Or w- were you happy to kind of just move on? Um, at the time... I remember calling Andy and I was like, Andy, I don't fail. 
he's like, you didn't fail. And um, then uh, I did want to do it again. In hindsight, it's better that I didn't because I just went through so many family turmoil at the time. And I'm not one to like put that all out there. But yes, I wish I would have had one more season. It worked out well that I didn't. I still have, I can't even believe how many people have seen the show from season four. I feel like one of those old time Playboy bunnies, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the old woman comes up and goes, I was a Playboy bunny too. There's a million. It's like, I was a housewife too. <laughs> I love it. Um, what happened during the big, like major cast chop at the end of season four, when all of the women had got, would they fired half of the cast? I remember there were big headlines everywhere saying New York kills half of their cast. Did you mm-hmm. talk to any of the other women like Jill or Alex who had kind of, or even Kelly, I feel like Kelly was the newest one after you. Was there no, com- conversation? Yeah, I became about- friendly with Jill. Jill, like now I'm friends with like Jill, Luann, Ebony, you know, for some reason I'm just friendlier. I'm more friends now with Luann than I was then. Jill's been in Florida a lot. So those are the people I stay in touch with. But um, I feel bad for Jill because she started the franchise with them. So that's where, you know, for me, it was no big deal. It wasn't my life. Well, in Dave's book, he does kind of talk about how part of Jill's firing was a result of some of her like diva like personality behind the scenes. Do you feel like she gave off that? That's how the other women and some of the producers seem to paint it for Jill. I honestly and it's not because I'm friendly with her. Absolutely not. She's like, you know, this down to earth Jewish woman, you know, no, absolutely not. There's things that I can't talk about that were worse from a lot of the other cast members. What did? Why do you think they didn't invite Jill back? I have no idea. I have no idea. Do I you, have no idea. Do you feel like she was the leader of the pack at the time? Or who would you say was really... Was trying, I don't think... I think everybody was trying to be the leader and that's the whole thing. They're not doing it. They weren't doing it as a group. Um, it was just kind of trying to hurt somebody it's you know it's really entertaining when you watch some of these things and they have these different life cycles and different entertainment but just fighting over nothing is like boring for people yeah so that's where i feel like the problem was but you know they still do well i'm sure they're gonna nice recast this year because they don't have anything don't have a reunion this year so yeah being that you are close to the women now, have you talked about the show with them, like Luann or Jill, since because Jill's yeah. made a couple of cameos? Right. Um, yeah, she made some cameos. No, I mean, if I if they if I'm going to go on the show, I want to promote the V spot. I would love to have them all come in and do O shots for them. Um, maybe some of them will allow it this year. You know, Ebony's pretty cool on Leah, so. I mean, that's why I'm going. I'm not going to a party to like drink tequila and get drunk. Yeah, I'm doing it for a reason to empower women. Right. What do you think of some of the backlash Ebony and Leah have gotten in this past season? Well, you know, there's so much backlash. I don't know which one you're talking about. So if you give me one of them, I'll go for it. I'll tell you my thoughts. I think Ebony is a lovely woman. I really do. Have you interacted with Leah at all? I met her, we did um, a charity event together and I thought she was lovely also, just much more of a down-to-earth New York woman. Do you, I always kind of felt like with Ebony, I feel like she would be great on a show like The View. I feel like that's kind of her political element, whereas I feel like New York just, I feel like she 
like with seeing her interact with like Ramona or Sonia, like Sonia gets so belligerent drunk and talks about the Morgan family life for so long that I'm like, Ebony's just in a different world, you know? Do you feel like where where do you see her landing? If if you know, I mean, we don't know what's happening with New York, but do you see her continuing on the show? Do you see her evolving into another? 100%. They're, they're not going to fire Ebony. You don't they, think they're going to fire her? Absolutely not. They can't. Just based on the state of the country. Yeah, they were very well aware of who Ebony was when she came on the show. She's like an attorney for black history, this and that. And do I think you can change things in editing? Yes, because I've gone out with her and that's not even what we talk about. She's passionate about it, just like I'm passionate about women's sexual health. Mm. And, you know, this is stupid things that some people say on the show. What are your thoughts on Ramona? I feel like she's also kind of a lightning rod at the moment in the press. You know, I actually, believe it or not, feel bad for her at this point. I really do. I mean, he throws names out of people, puts people down. Does it? I mean, there's just nothing to back it up with. And then they say they're sorry. I just feel like she's a very sad woman who kind of just tries to attack. I mean, this is her life now. There's nothing else there. So, I mean, even her daughter got involved in it. I remember one time, like her daughter said, who's, oh, Cindy's nobody. And she says, Cindy's nobody. And I'm like, Stop displacing yourself just because you're on TV doesn't mean you're a somebody. Right. You have to do something for the world, for people, for other people. I mean, it's I find it very embarrassing for her. Do you think the show can come back with Ramona, too, or or Ramona over Ebony? Like Ramona has been like that OG pillar on the show. I've kind of in recent seasons been like, I think with Ramona, Luann and Sonia, like eventually the show's going to have to move and evolve beyond them. Do you think now mm-hmm. it's time to cut ties with her? With Ramona? Yeah. I mean, if I was Andy, yeah. Yeah, with Ramona. What, what is she doing for New York City women? I mean, what is she doing for us? What is she doing to empower women? What is she doing to put it out there? Yes, you know, it's TV, but we've seen every act already. It's true. I feel like with her and Sonia, there hasn't been much of an evolution in the character arc in recent seasons, like they've kind of stayed fairly stagnant. Whereas at least Luann, we've seen her go up and down right, and over the years. Luann has life. And Luann, she's great, Luann. Luann has a life. And Luann was more than gracious when I got on the show. I mean, she even said to me, you know, Cindy, I'm the Countess and I have to act this way. But, you know, she gave me the script here. Yeah. I mean, not that they gave a script, but, right, right, you right. know, I'm going to be a little short. I'm going to be this. So, you know, I, I think the show will do fine without Ramona. If they come to you and we're like, we fired Ramona and we want you to come back and replace Ramona the way you replaced Bethany back in season four, would you rejoin the cast at all? Full time? No, because I I have, you know, my two kids now and I don't want them to be in the spotlight with that. You know, it's enough the way it is already. I mean, I would definitely do cameos. I'd love to do that. But it's really a full time job. Yeah. It really is a full-time job and I'm expanding the, you know, the V spots right now. So for the business, it wouldn't be the right thing. The other time I had a bunch of spas. I really wasn't working. I was launching a product line that I had. So it was just publicity. Yeah, it was different. I think when you have a real like business 
it's hard because your life is your business. Your life isn't the reality show. And I think a lot of women join the reality show and then eventually their life becomes about the show. I think Dorinda Medley even talked about that, how her life became so revolved around doing the show. And even when she wasn't filming the show, she was planning for what was going to be filmed during the show. It's a full-time job, 100% a full-time job. Yeah, she's right. She's sweet. I like Dorinda too. It's funny how I got to know more of them since I haven't been on there. <laughs> Did you know Dorinda back then? I feel like she's always been in the mix. No, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't in that mix. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my own like downtown life, single mom crew, you know, Tribeca, you know, West Village. It's They're completely different. You know, the people from downtown to say, oh, I don't go uptown. And the people uptown yeah. say they don't go downtown. <laughs> That's kind of how it is in L.A., even though L.A. is so huge, like we don't we stay in our own little pockets like I'm in downtown. I don't go to the west side. I don't like West Hollywood. I don't go to the beach like I, you know, I stay in downtown like this is my neck of the woods and I'm comfortable here. And it's very different from by the beach. I mean, Santa Monica is a very different vibe from downtown. West Hollywood is a very different vibe. I like the grit of downtown. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And there's all different people, all different attitudes. Yeah. How are your kids doing? They're fabulous. They're in seventh grade and I'm so proud of them. They're getting big. I remember they were so tiny when they were on the show. Just popped out. (laughs) So I know back in 2019, you opened up to people about raising a transgender son, Jesse. I'm curious what your thoughts are about, you know, Angelina Jolie and her daughter Shiloh being, you know, big part of the headlines recently. Um, I know the media has kind of made her showing up or Shiloh showing up with her mom on the red carpet and dressing a little more feminine and wearing dresses, um, despite, you know, how she was a little boy. She was more tomboyish in her style growing up up i'm curious what you think of all of the i don't know if it's fair to say criticism but just all of the chatter around shiloh's clothing at right an award I show mean, i think we're gonna evolve as a, a race at some point that who cares what she's wearing who, what is she doing in her life or he or whatever they identify as i mean i just i don't i don't read that stuff i don't think it's appropriate that stuff even I'm just, I'm not about that. I'm about just, you know, loving humans really am. So, and I think it's great. She's just letting her do whatever she wants to do because obviously she didn't make a decision right? or he didn't make a decision. So, you know what, if we all want to talk about, you know, what she feels that day, then, you know what, get a life, you know, let the child be, it's a child. I also find it so interesting that we're like, okay, today, like, because the reality is, like, I know for myself, sometimes my style changes from Monday to Tuesday, you know, depending on whatever I'm feeling that like someday I'm like, I'm I want to feel comfy and I want to wear an oversized sweater and some ripped jeans and some sneakers. And then the next day I'm like, you know what, I'm going to bring out the turtleneck, the turtleneck and the coat and I'm going to wear sunglasses all day. And I'm going to, you know, you just you change your style depending on your mood. Exactly. And to to me, it's so interesting, though, that we can, you know, see a young girl becoming a young woman and, you know, make it so controversial if she wears a T-shirt and jeans or if she wears a dress, you know, and if she if she was so comfortable wearing a T-shirt and jeans for so long, all of a sudden she's wearing a dress and it's a headline. Yeah, but it's also because 
you know, I mean, who they are. Yeah. She really, I actually looked it up because I knew you were going to talk to me about it. And I, she looks so beautiful. She does, <laughs> I really right? I looked it up. She really does. She looks like Angelina. She does. She I really think does. she even wore her mom's or I don't know if it was Shiloh. One of the one of her daughters wore one of her her former red carpet dresses. Yeah, and no, I, but her face was adorable, like that look that Angelina has. So yeah. that's what I look at. You know, I mean, are you glad that you have kind of shied away from the public life now, knowing that your kids are growing up and knowing that they would be because like you look at like Ramona and Avery is very much a part of a lot of the drama and the headlines. Um, even Luann's kids to an extent. I know Sonia has been very private with her daughter, but when you expose your kids to the public, then the public feels like they're fair game and they can comment on them and have opinions about them. And I would just imagine as a parent that that's challenging. Um. Sure, especially at this time with all the social media. Yeah. I mean, I came out and talked about it. Um, in hindsight, I talked about it because my son said something to Mario. I don't know his last name. Lopez, Mario, Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez um, said something about, you know, you can't be trans when you're a child. And, you know, he said, oh, go back to fifth grade, Mario. And I said, well, do you want me to say something? Because there's just this really strong thing. You know, I always... Like, I'm not going to change the world. I always try to take one point and really just have people understand it. So at that point, my um, my attention was brought to for parents to understand that this is not a sexuality. It's an identity. And it seems simple and black and white when I talk about it. But most people don't get that. And that's the simplest thing to say. It's not who they're attracted to. It's what they feel inside who I am as a person. So are so, you are you for like ab abolishing or diminishing these gender norms? Because I feel like that's the biggest struggle for people with with understanding like the trans community is the difference between like a gender norm and not wanting to abide by a gender norm and then actually feeling, you know, the identity because that's really what it is. It's an identity of, you know, feeling male or female. Right. I mean, I'm not against the norms. I'm against us putting people, if you say you're not in a slot, you're not in a slot. Yeah. And I could be in this slot one day, I could be in that slot one day. I mean, like, who are you to judge? Yeah. The judging has to stop. It's like, do you like somebody as a human? Do you like them as a person? Do you like who their soul is? Yeah. It's enough about judging on the outside. Because I feel like once you get put into a box, you're allowed to only stay within that box. And the minute you try to divvy out of that, it doesn't make sense in people's brains. I mean, it's right, how it is exactly. like every I feel like it's just it's so worse in such a polarized time where like even with politics where like, oh, if you're Republican, you have to only be this, you know, bullet point list of, of talking points and vice versa. If you're, you know, a Democrat, then if you're liberal, then you're all of this. You know, if you're a Democrat, then you're woke and you're, you know, crazy and you have purple hair. And that's not the truth. And that's not the truth. Not the yeah. truth. It's always the extreme. Right. So that's the whole thing is like. The extreme, extreme extremities, like even when they have parades, yeah, even the gay pride parade, it's ex extremists mm -hmm. that all do it. I'm not putting it down. No, yeah, I'm getting killed for this. I'm just so like when my son wanted to go, I was like, that's fine. But I said, but you're going to get extremes and right. locals and everything, and that's who they are. They're just expressing it. And a lot of times when you bring, you know, a certain type together, whether it be, you know, for the Puerto Rican or the Jewish Day Parade, things like that, it's not really the whole, you know, group right. of people because some people 
who are gay or are Puerto Rican that don't want to go to a parade. I've never been you know? to a parade. I've never been to a gay pride parade. And yeah, it's just, yeah. And right. I'm not and against so it. And I don't hate the people. Yeah. So that means you're gay. If yeah. you're dressing like this at the gay pride parade. Yeah. It's just stupidity. Yeah. So I, I don't like those extremities. What advice do you have for other parents that have a child that may be questioning or discovering their own identity? I would imagine that there were certain challenges that come up for you as a parent. What advice do you have to other parents that may be at the start of that? You know, you really need to listen to your child. So no matter what it is, if it's transgender or if they feel a certain way or they have, you know, insecurities or anxiety, just for them to know that you're on their side, they open up and speak a thousand times more than just holding it in because you just have to, they have to realize that you love them no matter what. My, my son's taking it a little too far right now. He's like, I have nobody else to take my anger out on. It's you because you're not going anywhere. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I did that job very well. But um, it's really just being open and letting them be who they are and supporting it. Even in education and things like that, yeah. what they want to do in life. Is there a delicate dance between listening and supporting while also guiding because I feel like that's one of the things is people feel like, you know, oh, well, if you have a transgender child, you're just allowing them to do whatever they want to do without guiding them as to, you know, what they're supposed to do with their life at that age because they're so young and moldable. No, it's so easy when they're young. <laughs> I mean, you let them be what they want to be. I mean, I think the transitions and the other things are going to come up later on. Yeah. Um, like my son is very not even open it's like it's who he is but it's not a big part of his life he right. just does what he wants to do and dresses the way he wants to do and i've even asked i was like oh do they know you're trans and he's like i don't know let me text him you know he's yeah. just so i think what it is is we look at it as an identity when the reality is it's a fraction of our identity like our identity is so much more exactly. than that i mean Thank it's the you. same thing that i feel like when it comes to like my sexuality it's like I'm like, I don't walk out the door and gay is not who I am. It's just one of the teeny tiny, one of the teeny tiny things that I, you know, feel like that, that makes me who I am. But there are so exactly. many other facets. Like I'm naturally platinum, even though my roots are coming through right now. Like that's, that's my identity. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, I think we forget You're that. Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. Which is right. yeah, so, so funny because the other day we had people over, I had some cousins over and they're like, oh, you know, they ask about Jesse has a trans. I'm like, it's fine. I said, he's got this, that, the other thing and all these other problems I start talking about. And they're like, OK, but that's really what my life is. That's just like over there right now. Yeah. And if it becomes, you know, something we have like attack, then we will then. And we have little things, but it's not a big part of his life. Yeah. So I, I do want to talk to you about V-Spot because I love the concept. It's very goopy, pushy. Do you feel like you fit into that category or you're like, no, I want nothing to do with Gwyneth Paltrow? No, I think she's great. You know, so my, um, listen, she has a wonderful lifestyle brand and bringing women's intimate health to the forefront when it's been such a taboo subject. I applaud anybody who does that because me as the little person compared to, you know, the media attention, 
you know, I've been struggling trying to, for women to understand that they don't have to suffer with these normal changes that they go through. And it's not taboo. If you pee in your pants, it's the way we were made, but you could sit on a chair and have it go away. You don't orgasm intensely enough. No, you can't take Viagra, but you could take something else. Right. So there's all these different changes that women go through in life, normal changes and life cycles. I mean, having a baby, you don't pop back, you know, things are not the same. And if there's simple treatments out there, I want people to know they exist and nobody wants to talk about it. So I literally thought I was going to open up this page and call the times and go, I'm open. I saved the world. And it wasn't the case. (laughs) No, people are afraid to talk about women's health. I mean, people are afraid to talk about sexual health in general. I feel like it's becoming a lot more normal, but specifically with women's health, people just like don't want to touch it. Don't want to touch it. Either does Instagram or Facebook want to touch it. Yeah. As soon as she say women and intimate, forget about sexual health. They're like, no, off the screen. You can't say the word pleasure on my ads. I can't say pleasure. Like my whole thing is, you know, we have a right, a birthright for pleasure. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has a birthright for pleasure, you know, to feel it. And that's that's too risque. It's so how coffee brings me pleasure. We should be able to have all of our parts have some pleasure. So V-Spot is, is, would you classify it as like a spa that people can come to or a center? Like, how would you describe V-Spot to somebody that's unfamiliar? Thank you. Um, It's more of a medical spa. We have like the top gynecologists, um, physician assistants that specialize in women's intimate health. While the treatments are very simple, we are making a lot of advance just because we do it the mostly of like, you know, everybody uses a laser for vaginal rejuvenation. Well, we could customize the laser a little bit because we do a thousand while somebody else does 10. Yeah. Um, We have products. So we're actually able to take some technologies and mix them for more um, result-oriented treatments. It's just, it's fun. We're going to open another place downtown. Oh, what would you say? Oh, where, so where's the one that you have currently? This one's on Madison and 65th, but okay. it's upstairs. Right, Bachanel, if you want to stop by. Um, and then the other one is going to be in Tribeca. Okay, nice. What would you say is the most common treatment women come in for? I can give you the top three complaints and the treatments for them. Okay. First of all, vaginal looseness, it's not the aesthetic of it. It's actually the feeling when you're having intimacy with somebody, being able to tighten Mm. and feel the friction. So that's one when a baby, you know, baby comes out, it's not the same. You take a rubber band, you stretch it, it's not popping back. So it's not just Um, like a man thing where men are like, oh, you know, her, she's loose, like, which is such a gross thing that that's even something that's said, but it's not just like the man that thinks that the woman is loose. It's something that you actually... Right. It's, we feel it. It's for the, it's for, you know, I have a big sign downstairs. I did it for me and women to enjoy pleasure, sex, intimacy, just like the man does. And it should be a 50, 50, you know, ability to get there. So I think that's a big one. Um, the urinary leakage, one in four women, baby or not, it's the way we're built. You pee in your pants. So there's all these women going for surgery and they don't need to, they could sit on a chair and it does 
11,000 Kegels for you in 28 minutes. So there is technology there. And then I guess the O-Shot, which you brought up, is for the org. Oh, you know, it's a big one, which I never knew. It's huge. It's um, the V-Lightning, because on the lightning, the area, the hyperpigmentation, that's a huge one. So we have like medical and the spa area. Do you know why there's hyperpigmentation down there? I don't know if this is an appropriate question for you, but I just have always wondered yeah. that myself. Yeah. Because like I also yeah, have, I need to go in for some intimate lightening myself. <laughs> I'll send you some products. No, so you know what it's from? I'm sure you shave down there or wax down there. Yeah. And jeans. And that's the whole thing. It's from shaving, waxing. It's disrupting the air. So there's hyperpigmentation. So, so that's is it really fr- what is it, it is. Friction? It's 100% the friction of the jeans and the pants that we wear. So. Okay. Good say. to know. So my audience is predominantly women. And I always want us, you know, myself included, not saying that I'm a woman, but like, you know, I want all of us to feel comfortable in our bodies. So I feel like when it does come, you know, to looseness, is that something that comes with age or is that more, um, I guess, pregnancy and, and, and childbirth, right? So when you say looseness, there's two parts. Of it. It's the vaginal canal and it's the pelvic floor muscles. So, um, usually if somebody's super young and they come in, um, they can have just weak pelvic floor muscles. So they're not able to increase the friction. So there's nothing wrong with doing Kegels and things like that to tighten. After you have a baby, one, two, three, you know, everybody's skin is different. Right. So if you feel loose, then you feel loose, but I don't think there's the looseness for muscles could be before you have a baby, but you know, after it could be the tissue too. And so you have tightening treatments, right? Is that like vaginal rejuvenation? I know a lot of the housewives have come out and talked about getting vaginal rejuvenation, but what are the different options that women have? Sure. Sure. So for like tightening, you can speak to our uh, doctor. There's two things. We'll look at the canal, how many children you've had. So let's say they're going to decide, do you have, do you, are you dry? Do you need lubrication? So there's different technologies that go inside the canal. So it's whether it be a CO2 laser or radio frequency, each person needs something different. That's why most places don't even have this. Or let's your muscles, the pelvic floor muscles. That's why it could be loose also because your pelvic floor is not strong. It's very difficult to exercise those muscles. What do you think about the jade egg? I know Goob came under fire for that, for talking about you know using the, the yoni eggs to help strengthen pelvic muscles. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know about the yoni egg. <laughs> I don't know. Cucumber, egg, walnut. I mean, I'll try something. I'd rather go to a professional and just get it done the right way and start yeah. sticking things up there and trying to hold it. Not yeah, my yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, Be down. Yes, wine, spa bed. <laughs> I know. I know my mother loves getting the V steam. She's always like, you need to come in and get one. I was like, oh, well, I don't want a V steam. She's like, but you can get it for your butt. And I'm like, I'm okay. Like you can go. I don't need to go with you to go and get your vagina steamed. I'm okay. Can you explain what the V steam even does? Sure. So I can't really, I don't know how they do it in other places places because most places a v-steam is you sit on a chair and there's different types of um different type of um what do you call that um like mug root and i'm trying to remember the things the different types of herbs that are 
you know, put in there and they, you know, you sit and you stand up, you stand up. What we do is we had a medical um, Chinese doctor that actually put together um, some herbs to actually detoxify and relax the pelvic floor muscles. So with us, you lay on a chair, we say it's just a detox relaxation. They get an abdomen massage with certain oils and a head massage and it's relaxation and it's a detox of that area. Just like when you get a massage, that's what I kind of relate it to. So it's just a positive, good, you know, feeling. But I don't think it, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get pregnant or have a baby from it. And, you know, the truth is a lot of women have said that it helps with menstrual cramps, but I won't put any backing behind that because the V spot's such a black and white. I'm like, do this. It works. Do that. It works. So if I'm telling you to do a V steam, relax, detox and enjoy. I love it. What would you say is the biggest misconception about women's sexual health that you would like to debunk, that you want to just kind of break in the news, in the press, that's a narrative that's out there that you're over? Okay. The word vaginal rejuvenation does not mean aesthetics. Mm. It's not vaginoplasty. Okay. So even if it is, who are we to judge? Right. So nobody comes here to look like a porn star if they want to lighten their bikini or if they want a minimally invasive uh, labiaplasty. They're not doing it. Like this flips me out. Who are we to judge? You know, if one earlobe is longer than the other earlobe, are you going to yell at me because I want to fix it? If it bothers me and gives me power and confidence, it's not because they saw somebody on porn. So yeah. that's like, that's such an old, old, you know, uh, when it's saying or theory, I mean, it's ridiculous at this point to say I'm doing something because I saw a porn star, her, her vagina looked great. I want mine to look like that. No. Yeah. Nobody's walking in with a porn star, a picture of a porn star's vagina saying, I want to look like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not happening right now. What do you think we can do at home just to kind of take more um, because I've always been a believer in that. If like, if there's something about your body that makes you uncomfortable and there's something out there that can help you feel more comfortable, who am I to judge that more power to you? You go do what's yeah. going to make you feel good. What is, where do you think is a place to start for people like at home? Maybe if they're not ready to do the surgery route, but they want to feel more comfortable in their skin or they want to feel more empowered within their just overall health, maybe not necessarily sexual health, but what do you think is a good place to start for people to take those little steps? You know, I just think anything you do for yourself to feel better is, is the best thing. So it's like acceptance and, you know, we all have our, you know, our doubts on ourselves, our insecurities. And, you know, but I think the whole, <laughs> I did it really well for my kids, but they kind of stopped me just kind of just acceptance of yourself and who you are. And yes, you're all going to be different. Like I said to my child the other day, I don't know where he got this from. And I said, Oh, I'm so fat. I said something, I was wearing a sweater, which is the worst thing to say in front of a kid. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, mom. He said, that's, you know, you had twins. And it was just like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Cindy, shut up. Don't turn it around. But it's really just letting them be, you know, be proud of yourself and just showing them that, which I didn't do, but I guess overall I do. <laughs> overall you do. And that's how they were able to recognize that. Mm -hmm. Do they know mom was ever on TV? Yeah. They do. Yeah. Have they seen the show? No, they have no interest. Or like, I'll show them like when they were on in one scene, they're very interested in that. Yeah. 
but you know they hear the gossip with the just from living in the city yeah the new york housewives or if ramona says something bad they like pick up on but they don't care yeah Ramona's it's always saying something. I feel like Ramona's just always going to. I know. She's always saying something. <laughs> she always has something to say. It's like, why? <laughs> do people still recognize you from being on the show? Or do you ever use that to like get into the restaurant? Are you like, hi, it's me, Cindy Barsha from Real Housewives of, Be- of, of New York? <laughs> uh, have I ever done it? Yes, I have. Done you it. have done it. Do you? <laughs> does it still get you? No, it- I actually pretend. I'll be like. Okay, okay. We're at like, you know, when you're really desperate, I'm not saying we do it all the time. I'll be like, all right, call and pretend you're my assistant. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's hard to do. But no, I don't do it a lot. But, you know, if we really want to go to a restaurant and it's like completely booked for a couple of months, why not? I love it. I love it. Yeah, Thank you so much, Cindy. Where can people go to learn more about VSpot or keep up with you online? Yeah, um, it's vspot, medi, M-E-D-I, spa.com, or at Cindy Bar Shop. I love it. I don't post that much, but. <laughs> you need to start posting more. You need to build your lifestyle brand, Cindy. You need to be the next goop. But I just want to be the next person who empowers women to have great intimacy and pleasure. Well, that's what you're doing. Thank you for coming like on that. hashtag no filter with me. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach. And be sure to grab your Housewives-inspired rosé for this weekend. Nofilterwine.com. 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. So go and order right now. And send me your pics, because I love seeing all your bachelorette parties, or you sneaking it into your Ubers or out to the beach. I love them. So please send me your pics at Just Plain Zach, at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. And stay tuned. We will be breaking down more of Dave Quinn's book, Not All Diamonds and Rose. Every Tuesday night, we go live at 6.30 Pan Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. And we will be going live this Thursday. Get ready. All new merch is coming soon. We're going to be doing a shopping party. So be sure to stay tuned. And if you haven't done so yet, go and book yourself an appointment at VSpot because I want to hear about your experiences. Let me know. Let me know what what Cindy has gotten you into because I feel like you're going to come out feeling empowered and ready to just become a porn star at that point. Start an <laughs> OnlyFans to show it up. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>